Let's open our Bibles to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, and we talked the last time about this idea, you know, that, uh, and I looked at there in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are God's workmanship, we are his poema, his creative masterpiece, that he's, he's done something in us, he's done this creative work, that we are a, a new creation. I remember that song, we used to sing it a lot, you know, we are a, you know, I am a new creation, no more in condemnation. And that God has done a new work in us, and, and he's, it, it's, a, it's a work of art. It's a masterpiece that he's done. Now, how many of you feel that way? All the time. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not something we always feel. We can't necessarily go by feelings, but, but it's, it's this thing that God has written his masterpiece in the creation, those two verses again, Romans chapter 1, verse 20, and Ephesians 2, 10. In the creation, it's an incredible masterpiece. But then he uses the same word about you and me, that we are his creative masterpiece. Uh, like I said last week, you know, some of us think about ourselves as a piece of work. And uh, I think that's pretty normal that we think like that, isn't it? Well, wow, a real piece of work. Or you think about somebody else as a real piece of work. But the, but the thing is that God looks at it completely differently. He looks at it as for those that belong to him. It's a work of God. It's a work of art. It's a work in progress, perhaps you might say. But it's still a work that God's doing something. He's giving us purpose. He's giving us meaning. And he's created uh, us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. He's got purpose for us. He's got something for you and for me. So having said all that, we're at the end of chapter 2 in uh, the book of Titus now. Uh, I'm still in Ephesians, so let me turn back to Titus. We're at the end of chapter 2, and, and we, we've, we've had a whole big section there, and, and he's taught all the different groups, you know, the different age groups. And, and then, uh, you know, the question is, well, we study all this, we talk about this, we spend time uh, thinking about it. Well, what's next? What do we do next? And this is what I want to uh, share with you today is, is uh, if I hit the right button, is that there's noth nothing left to it but to do it. What do I mean by that? A friend of mine, uh, I heard this years and years ago, I was selling furniture in uh, California in, a, in the Central Value, uh, Valley, Value, Valley, Central Valley. And uh, one of the salesmen I worked with, uh, his name was Rich as well. And uh, he taught me that, you know, like he taught me that phrase, nothing left to it but to do it. And like there are certain things you can just talk about, you can study about, read about or what, whatever. But there comes a point in time when you need to like do it. You need to put it into action. And that's kind of what I see as I'm looking at the verse 15, that we need to talk about the action. And, and you know, it's, it's got to it's gotta get from up here down into here and then out into our lives. The thing about it is, is that Jesus did all the hard work of it. He did the heavy lifting. You know that phrase? He did all the heavy lifting. Now you and I just need to follow through. We need to live it out. We need to work out what he's put in us. Be what he's made us to be. Live for him. Life is short. I want to live it well. I love that. One fellow said this. He said, 
for us to live a life that fits the truth we believe and the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. To live a life that fits the truth we believe and the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. That, that we have this faith, we have this truth, that actually it would play out in our lives. You know, if it doesn't, what are we? We can talk, but if it doesn't come, you know, turn into action in, in the way we live, what are we? We're liars, hypocrites. We say one thing and do another, right? Oh, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. But our life looks completely different. I think that's, that's the point that we get to here in verse 15. Let's go ahead and read verse 15. Paul speaking to Titus. He says, these then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. These things are the things that you should teach. What things is, are he talk, is he talking about? He's talking about all the things in the whole chapter. As I said, he goes back to the very beginning. Look at verse 1. He says, you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine or healthy doctrine or healthy teaching. You need to teach that. But then when you start to look at the different uh, categories, the older men, the older women, younger men, younger women, so on and so forth, you, you see that it becomes very practical about how your life gets lived. It's not just that you have all this doctrine up in your head. It's got to do with, you know, are you living the life? That's what he's, that's what he's talking about. These things are the things you should teach. Verse 11, though, he says it's the grace of God that brings salvation. And it's appeared to all men. And it, that is the grace of God, teaches us to say no to all ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It, the grace of God, again, God is doing the work for us. We just need to cooperate with Him. We need to be willing. We need to surrender and say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? How, do you, how do you want me to handle this situation? How am I supposed to be living as one of your children in this world? Oh, brother, you're preaching it now. It's for all of us, though, isn't it? He teaches us how to live while we wait for the Savior, Jesus, to come back. These, then, are the things that you should teach. I looked at the word, the word there for teach, right? I went to my blue letter Bible, which you now are all experts in, right? And I looked it up, and, and the word for teach is actually the word speak. These things, these then are the things you should actually speak out, that you should keep saying. Speak out clearly, plainly, boldly, and faithfully, someone said. Not be silent. You can look there. You can also see that you can look up the tense of this word and it, that, that you find that the word is present tense. And one of the things I've learned through the years is that when present tense is used in the Greek language, and this is not difficult to understand, it, it means continuous. In other words, not just speak, but keep on speaking. And the words that he uses in this in this particular verse, are in that present tense that, that we need to keep on doing this. So he tells 
Titus. These then are the things that you should teach, that you should speak, that you should keep on speaking. Some of you have been coming here a long time, I, and, and I have to say, you probably say, man, I keep hearing him say the same things over and over again. Well, that's partially my own fault because I can't remember. You get to a certain age, right? And Kelly, I, Kelly and I joke about this. You get to a certain age and you start repeating yourself, right? You're telling the same story. You're telling the same story. You're telling the same story. No, you start to repeat yourself and you don't even know that you're doing it. And so I said to Kelly, Kelly, you already told me that story. Kelly, don't, don't do it again. It's a long story. And I didn't say that part. But I was thinking it. Kelly, I love you, man. You know I'm just using you as an example. You don't mind, do you? Okay. Somebody said this. On some subjects, it's not enough for a minister to say that I have already preached on that. With all the variety at his command, he must consider the ministry of repetition. Did you know there was a ministry of repetition? I didn't either until I read that. But he says use some variety. Don't just say the same thing the same way over and over again. But, but you know, isn't that how we learn by hearing things? I need to hear your name like more than one time before I will remember it. Like what's your name? Say it out loud. I heard one. So that means no one else was listening. <laughs> to, to hear it repeated is kind of, it's helpful because we need that. We need to learn. And Peter, Peter said these words. He said, he said, I will always remind you of these things. And he's teaching them in 2 Peter chapter 1. He said, even though you know them, I'm going to remind you, even though you already know them, I'm going to say it again. He says, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you you now have, he says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me he was going to be martyred soon, he believed. And he said, I, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. So he said, I'm going to say them over, even though you know them, I'm going to say them over and over again. Why? So that when I'm no longer here, you're going to be able to remember. There are certain things we need to keep repeating over and over again. We're going to have communion in just a, a few minutes. And that's one of the things that God has said, you need to keep doing it over and over again. You need to you celebrate Communion, why? Because it brings us back to the cross again. And we are reminded anew of where our hope lies in the cross of Jesus. He says, I want to refresh your memory. I'm going to say it over and over again. But not just words. It's got to be the word. It's got to be the word of God. Paul told Timothy, what? Preach the word. Peter said, said this, if anyone speaks, that same word found in, in Titus 2.15, for speak, for, for teach, and some versions say preach, I believe. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. Not just speaking your own ideas, 
Matthew Henry, I'm going to put this up on the screen and read it together with me. Matthew Henry said, keep close to the word of God and not the figments and inventions of his own brain. He's speaking about someone who speaks. Call upon persons to mind and heed, not be hearers only, deceiving themselves, but doers of the word. Keep close to the word of God, he says. I have to say at this point, there is, there is a line, and I don't even think it's a fine line, there's a line between being creative and being heretical, right? You know what I mean? There's a, there's a line between, you know, expressing and explaining something where you're creatively expressing something to help people remember it, and then crossing over that line to teaching something that's just flat out heretical, and you've gone and taken something that means something and made it something, you know, that it doesn't mean. And, and that happens a lot. It happens a lot. It happens in churches all over our land where they take it and they, it becomes heretical, heresy, when they've left the, the truth, the simple truth of what the Bible teaches. Again, it's okay to, to use that variety to be creative, but be careful not to cross over into that heretical Keep close to the word, but well, what does Matthew Henry say? So that they would be hearers of the word. Excuse me. Not only hearers, but doers of the word. And he's quoting James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Now, do what it says so that you can be saved. Do what it says because he tells you to do what it says. Do what it says because you are saved. Not to be saved, but because you are saved, do what the Bible says. Again, that's what, 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 what the message is about here, that you know, not, not just think about it, not just talk about it. Don't just come to church and listen to the Bible. Don't listen on the radio, listen on the internet to different people speaking about things. If we, if we only do that, we're deceiving ourselves. If we never take it to actually put it into play and put it into our own lives, we're deceiving ourselves. Who are you kidding? Guess who you're kidding? Yourself. Me, I'm kidding myself. If I, if I hear God's word and I don't even try to, try to put it into play, put it into action in my own life, I'm, I'm kidding myself. Oh, I know so much Bible, I know so much knowledge, I, so, I know so much theology, I know so much of this and that, and it's all up here, but it, it doesn't affect the way I treat anybody. It doesn't affect the way I live my life. It doesn't affect the things I do or won't do. I've deceived myself. Do what it says. Do what it says. You say, oh... Why are you talking like that today? Why are you saying all that? Well, look, look what it says on the rest of the verse there in, in Titus 2.15. He says to encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. You should talk about these things. Keep talking about them. And, and, and these things that, that are part of, part of this, he says to encourage. The word uh, is translated different ways in different versions, but if you look it up, you'll see that it can be translated as exhort. It can be translated as comfort. 
As a matter of fact, the word, when you read about uh, the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John, he's called the Comforter, right? Any of you remember that? It's called the Comforter. It's a, it's a version of the, of the same word that's used here in encourage. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. But he's also an encourager and he's also an exhorter. And, and for you and I, this is what we need. Keep on exhorting. Keep on comforting. Keep on encouraging. That's one of the things that I'm called to do. Then he says rebuke. Now, nobody, nobody likes to rebuke, and it's, it's, like, it's not even a very nice-sounding word, right? Rebuke. Somebody rebukes you, you're not very happy about it, right? But this is what he says. Sometimes we need that, right? I told you last week, I think it was, where my, my dad had to rebuke me. I didn't use that word. I used the word challenge. But... It's a nice word for rebuke. He had to rebuke me. I was professing to be a Christian, and I wasn't really being very responsible. And he had to call, he called me on the carpet. And I had to get it together. Reprove is another way this is translated. Correct to convict. It's not something we like to do, but sometimes we need it. Now, if, if you think you, you have the gift of rebuke, you're not going to be a very well-liked person, right? How many of you have the gift of rebuke, right? It's not something that you go around doing all the time to everyone you see. There's some people that just like to, you know, call everybody on the carpet every time they, you know, they open their mouths or whatever. And it's like, no, we have to we have, to have a mixture of, of how we treat and talk to people. There are times... And you parents know this. There are times when you need to encourage your child. There are times when you need to flat out, you know, say, listen, you will not do that anymore. And let me tell you why. But it's something we need to do. And keep on doing. What's the purpose of it? It's to, to, to see our lives grow more like Jesus. It's to see our lives changed. Right? It's not just to, so you can, you know, uh, get the upper hand over somebody. It's, it's so that their lives would be transformed to be more like Jesus. Though two of those words are found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, where he says, preach the word. I quoted that already. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. In this particular uh, Verse, the word correct is the same word for encourage, excuse me, for rebuke in the Titus 2.15. And then rebuke here is actually a different word that has that. But, but he's saying in the word, in the Bible, the Bible is going to bring these things out in our lives. But he says to do it with great patience and careful instruction. You don't just go, about, go around, you know, hammering people with your big, giant Bible. Right? How many of you have ever been hit over the head with a Bible? Literally. <laughs> Is that why you walk around like this? Wow. The Word of God, sometimes, sometimes the Word of God hits you right between the eyes, though, doesn't it? Sometimes it, it, it gets right in there, and it's, it's living, and it's powerful, and it, it can hit to right to where you live. 
Right to what you just said to somebody. Right to the way you, you know, acted in that certain situation. And the, and the Bible speaks to you and I, and it, it hits us right where we are. It, it, you know, discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. A discerner, you know, it gets right in there and like, well, what is your attitude? What about that attitude that you have? I like this, this verse. Let me put it on the screen for you from Jeremiah. He says, let the prophet, the Lord is speaking... Here, let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? God's word is powerful. That's why, that's why, you know, Titus was taught, Timothy was taught. You preach the word. You don't, you don't preach, you know, men's ideas and fairy tales and fables. One commentary says this, encouraging those who are doing well, rebuking those who needed to be corrected, intimidated by no one. In other words, you know, saying the right thing, for, you know, in the right way, to the, to the people that needed it. You've heard that saying, right? Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Sometimes we, we are afflicted and we need someone to encourage us, need someone to you know, comfort us and, and help us along that path, right? But sometimes we get so comfortable, we're just like, we're way out there. And we need some, someone to come along and say, hey, what is going on with you? How'd you get out there? What are you doing out there? He says, he says to do it with all authority. And, and again, uh, for Titus, that didn't mean that he you know, lorded it over people. In fact, Peter said, you know, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Not using authority as some kind of a hammer. The Word of God will do its work. But we need to, the authority is speaking about the authority of the Word of God, that you, you speak the Word of God with authority. Because it's God's word. It's not man's word. We speak the truth. We speak the word of God, calling people to Jesus. So we're going to have communion now, as I said. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I'm not going to rebuke you because I don't know what to rebuke you for right now. Let me think of something. I don't know of anybody I need to rebuke. Well, maybe I do, but I wouldn't do it in a public setting. Let me tell you that right now, personally. I've heard of people who do that. They call out people by name and say, well, I heard this and I heard that and, and, and uh, destroyed people that way. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts and he knows what's going on inside of you. He knows what's going on inside of me and he knows what he wants to speak to you about. And so we're going to take some time now and, 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 and uh, prepare for communion. Communion is, is going to be on the back table, and, and uh, we're going to have uh, Chris is going to play some song, some music on the uh, uh, praise and worship there, uh, instrumental. And, and just take a, a few moments to kind of just get to this place before God. God, what is it that you're telling me? What is, is my life? Maybe you're, maybe you're completely you're okay. And then you should have this incredible peace. 
But maybe there are areas in your life that you that you, God needs. He's trying to get through to you. He's trying to get through to me on, and he, and we have to just listen and say, okay. I'm going to the cross again, and, and, and here we are at the cross, and we're remembering the death of Jesus until he returns. That he died on that cross for me. That he gave his life for me. And, and so my response to that is he, as he saves me, he's created me anew, made me a new creation, that I just want to give my life back to you. I just want to surrender to you again and anew. And maybe, maybe we've, we've made mistakes and we've blown it, as we all do, on a daily basis. But, but to be renewed and to be restored, I was reading in one of the Psalms and it said, you know, talk about being restored and to be renewed. He said, restore us again. It's like, you did this for us before and now here we are again. Restore us again. Why? Because we have to keep coming back to that place of the cross. Back to the foot of the cross where we trust him. I read this verse in uh, Galatians. I'm going to put it up there and it's not going. Actually, can you go back on that screen for me, Chris? There we go. Trust and obey this one here. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Wow. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we, that's where we start. That's where we carry on. And that's where we finish at the feet of Jesus. I am so, so convinced. And I know it because of my own personal life, my own personal conviction, my own personal experience. That we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Jesus, my brothers and my sisters and my family, they need Jesus. You know, my sister-in-law says to me, oh, you're the good brother. She's married to one of my brothers. You're the good brother. And I said, you keep saying that, but, but I try to tell you, and I tell you, it's not me. It's because of Jesus in my life, that he's, what he's done in me, how he's changed me. And I, and I said, I wish you would listen to me. She says, I do listen, but your brother doesn't listen. But I pray for them, that their eyes and ears would be open, that we need Jesus. We, get, we need Jesus every day. Can't bank it up for next week. We need Jesus today. We need, I need Jesus now. Every hour I need thee, oh, I need thee. So we're going we're gonna to play that. I want you to just take you know, a minute or two just to get quiet before the Lord. Speak to Him in your own heart. And then, and then uh, uh, as an act of faith, you get up out of your seat and you go back and you get the communion. You bring it back to your seat and you take communion and you remember that cross between you and Him right then. Don't wait for anybody. You do it yourself. You know, the, the Bible makes it so clear to me that that, that there is a corporate way we do things. We do things together, but there's also, it gets down to personal faith, this personal thing between me and him. It's a personal thing. And we, we like, I like to do it both ways here. So today is going to be that time with just you and him. Let's pray and then we'll have this time. Father in heaven, we thank you for your, your word. And, and it is hard hitting. It is, 
It is living and active, quick and powerful. And it gets to the very heart of us. But Lord, we need that. We need your word. Without it, we're just drifting along. We need you to speak to us. We need to hear your voice. Like Samuel said, speak to me, Lord. Your servant is here. He's listening. We want to hear. But Lord, help us to obey as well, to trust and to obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to the cross to die for my sin, for our sins. That all we had to do was simply trust and receive. And he gave us a brand new life. He gave us hope. He gave us a future home in heaven. Eternal life. And so we come to that cross today. Maybe some here of you have never surrendered. You're finally ready to say, yes, okay, I need Jesus. If that's you, you can pray and you can partake communion. But, but, but if, you, if you're not a believer, please don't. This isn't a ritual. This is a, this is a memorial to what Jesus has done in our lives, in your life. But you can receive him right now and simply open your heart and say, Jesus, please come into my life. Save me. Make me anew. Forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for what you did, what you did on that cross for me. Father, meet us here today, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name.